And we're off and running on a Wednesday. The Kilcoin Conversation, two days away. We had the MLK holiday off on Monday, and then Mizzou basketball coming your way on Tuesday. So a short week for us, and we're going to load it up tonight. Big Walt, Keith Kachuk, always talking hockey with Big Walt, talking life. And this week, it's the Hall of Fame week. Goes into the Blues Hall of Fame. That's Friday night, the special ceremony, along with Mike Liut and his former teammate, Pavel Dimitri. will be an emotional night. Big Walt's always goofing around, but when it comes to Pavel, he gets real emotional and real serious. So looking forward to that hockey conversation. Blues are playing the Caps back-to-back, albeit in between a day off there. Thursday in D.C., Saturday at home. So Big Walt's on the show, as well as Patrick Schulte, local guy who just won an MLS Cup, playing in Columbus. He's 22, I want to say. St. Louis guy, played for SLU on a Billikens team that made the Elite Eight just a little over two years ago, and now already a professional and a champion of the MLS Cup. So Patrick Schulte on the show. Tomorrow we've got Tom Rinaldi from Fox. I love talking to Tom because in the world of hot takes, there's very little journalism left being done. I mean, every show is, should Mike McCarthy be fired? Should Dak Prescott be fired? Like Everything is just silly banter. But Tom Rinaldi still does in-depth pieces, and I think the most telling bit of information is Nick Saban seems to like him, and Tiger Woods seems to trust him. Think about that. Nick Saban and Tiger Woods are a fan of your work. So Tom Rinaldi on the show and Ali Marmol, the Cardinals manager. So that's coming up on the Thursday edition. Trying to make up for some lost time here. Brendan Weiss and I will close out this hour, as we always do. Much to discuss. Although Brendan's kind of – he's anti-NFL, and i got to give him credit. A lot of people have said that in the wake of the Rams' departure. Very few people have lived it. But if I tell Brendan that the Packers beat the Cowboys, he might actually be surprised, I think. Okay, it's not that bad, but we'll talk some NFL. I do think the league might be scripted. You got Bills and Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, his first ever road playoff game. Now, our buddy Frank Bull was on from Kansas City, and he said, wait, wait a minute, they played that Super Bowl in Tampa against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Okay, that felt like a road game. But first true road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes, who is now 10-2 at home at Arrowhead. But Chiefs, Bills on a Sunday night, and we dusted off the footage yesterday of that game two years ago. I just remembered that it was an instant classic. I forgot some of the particulars where the Bills scored with a buck 54 to take the lead. So that's pretty late in the game. The Chiefs answered with about a minute left to take the lead. And then the Bills scored with 13 seconds left to take the lead, only to see the Chiefs tie it. I think the Bills might have mangled the kickoff or something. And then they go to overtime, and it's Mahomes to Kelsey. So if the league were scripted, this is how they would write it out. Arian Foster told us about a year ago, Hey, the league is scripted. I think he was kidding somewhat, but boy, Mahomes and the Bills. So we got some great matchups. Fox has the 49ers Packers game. Uh, we'll talk to Tom Rinaldi about what themes, what angles he's working on. I'm sure Fox will have about an hour long pregame into that. So, NFL t- coming up this week, and we can talk about that. Mizzou basketball now 0 and 4. And here's a question for Brendan a little bit later. We said going into this year, at least I said, I think fans and media will give Coach Gates a pass on this year because next year is this great recruiting class. 
and we've all sort of looked at this, I guess, as a transitional year. Last year was a lot of fun, surprisingly good, 25 wins, making it to the NCAA tournament. This year's roster, I would say, and no offense, a little bit hodgepodge. It's still sort of hard to figure out who plays on a given night. Um, but next year has got all the hype, but but what tells us that they'll all be good right away? I mean, are we sure? Are we sure that next year that they're going to just walk right in and be great? I mean, I hope so. It's pretty exciting to think about, but in practicality, I'm not I'm not positive what we're looking at next year. Tigers are 0-4 in the SEC. Alabama wins that game last night. Mizzou hanging around till the end. And then you had the Nate Oates push or shove, depending on your perspective. That was debated online, but the coach for Alabama – given a push or shove to Aiden Shaw, the Mizzou player. Definitely a bad look, and he did seem to feel bad about it. I've never seen a coach in the postgame sprint to the opposing coach as quickly as Nate Oates did last night. He was running to Dennis Gates because I think if you don't, that drive-by handshake takes about a second, and there's no time to really discuss anything. You're just moving, you're moving, you're moving. So I think he wanted to run so quickly that he could have a little more time to talk, and he apologized for what happened with Shaw. Dennis Gates referenced it in the postgame, but I, I don't think we've heard the end of this. He didn't punch the kid, but also you're not supposed to touch, you're not supposed to shove or push your own players, let alone the opposing players. So I think that story will come back around. Billick gets played at Dayton, which means they lost. It's that simple. Travis Ford's 0-8 in trips to Dayton. And I know Dayton's a good program. It's a tough place to play. But when you're making the case for Travis Ford to stay on as the coach, that doesn't help. 0-8, what are your bigger rivals? You know, the A-10 doesn't have a lot of exciting rivalries. I don't get worked up about a game with LaSalle. No offense to Fordham. Even the good folks at Rhode Island. But when SLU plays Dayton, that does feel like their best kind of regional Catholic school. A lot of St. Louis kids go down to Dayton. So that, that's a pretty good rivalry. For an A-10, that's not as exciting as you'd like it to be. And you're 0-8 in their building. I think 5-11 and overall, it includes a tournament win. So SLU loses that game, actually had the lead in the first half, which is not always telling. But the Billikens are under 500. Not sure where the wins are going to come from. And I think it's just it's just going to get uglier. We've said that about SLU pretty much this entire year. That as they go along, where are the wins? I'm not sure that we see him on the calendar. So, SLU, Mizzou, NFL, a lot on the table. And then we had news, and this was kind of all warm-up weekend, when the DeWitts were talking. You've got Bill DeWitt, the team owner, sitting there, who did not have a season-ending press conference, who usually handles all those comments and questions about the team and everything, but they didn't do it this year. This was the first time to sort of pepper him about last year's terrible team, and it did come up, but it was about 30 minutes in. So much of the discussion was about TV, and Bill DeWitt III answered a lot of those questions. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and basically they said it's it's a little bit of the Wild West. We're going to get paid for this year. Bally Sports Midwest will exist for Cardinal fans this year, and we've got about a year to figure this whole thing out. And it gets very convoluted. But Amazon was going to get in on the deal. Amazon's in on streaming. MLB said, "Mm, no, we don't really want to do business with you just yet. We're trying to sort this out. And then the folks that own Bally Sports Midwest, Diamond, well, they cut their own deal. 
with Amazon, much to the surprise of MLB. So what does it mean for the cardinal consumer? I think ultimately it could be a good thing. Maybe if you don't have, let's say, Spectrum, where you can get Bally Sports Midwest, or maybe uh, DirecTV still have it. So you've got your local bundle where you watch the games. If you don't have one of those and you want to get it streaming via Amazon, that could happen. Now, it's going to be a different price. It's not part of your Prime that you get with all your free shipping and all of that. This would be separate from that. But I even think that's a little bit down the road. So Amazon getting in, and they're spending like $110 million. I mean, Jeff Bezos has it in his couch. I mean, that's nothing. I feel this is Amazon just sort of getting the getting a seat at the table and kind of wedging their way in with these regional sports networks and trying to get to the clubs, to get to the streaming. But it is interesting to note the Cardinals and MLB own those streaming rights. Not every team is that way. And the reason that is is because the Cardinals' deal was cut way back when. I think they're in year seven of a 15-year deal. They've only done six. They've got a ways to go on this this deal they cut. But it was so long ago that streaming really wasn't an issue. The teams that cut TV deals in recent years, their distributors said, hey, we, we, want, a, we want a piece of the stream. We've got to make our money back. Everybody's getting rid of cable. We've got to get our money back. That's why the Cardinals are one of the few teams who don't have streaming uh, in their contract with their distributor, which is to their advantage because there's money to be made there. Bottom line, you're going to be able to find the games and maybe ultimately if you have Dish and they don't carry Bally Sports Midwest, if you cut the cord and you're like, hey, I'm just living out with Cardinal Baseball, I think we're getting closer to at least having the option of being able to buy the game when you want to watch the game. Just like if we're going to a movie, got a chance to get online and buy it. I think that's a positive. But this whole mess with Diamond, Sinclair, now Amazon's in the mix. First, it's got to be approved. Then the bankruptcy deal's got to be approved. I think the best thing we heard all weekend was DeWitt Sr. saying, and DeWitt Sr. is actually the junior, but you get the point, we're paid through this year. So in other words, everything's status quo for now. But it is, it is by far a changing landscape. So that's the latest news of today. Amazon is getting in at the regional sports network level pending uh, not only MLB approval, but really the courts first have to weigh in. All right, our conversation with Big Walt, Keith Kachuk, is coming up a little later. Patrick Schulte, local soccer star who made good winning a cup at the MLS level. One of our great sponsors is AAA Home Services, your independent American Standard heating and air conditioning dealer, keeping St. Louis families comfortable for 54 years. And right now they've got great rebates going on. So if you're in the market for a new furnace, you've been putting it off, now is a great time because those rebates are the lowest they've been in a long time. So get online. It's AAASTL.com if you need help with that furnace and Maybe you're going to buy one, but if you just need it repaired, we know this weather, you need it done quickly. Call them up at 636-397-3200. 636-397-3200. AAA has all your home needs, whether it's electrical, plumbing, appliance repair. One call really does fix it all. AAASTL.com. Find out more about the special offers. Set up your appointment right now. Best rebates of the year at AAA Home Services. Hey, we got to do a little audible here. I know that's a, a football term. What's a good hockey term? Somebody else is taking somebody else's shift. Big Walt stuck 
in a full day of meetings. I guess they're spilling over, and he, you know, he still works for the team, director of player recruitment. So, unfortunately, Big Walt has been bumped back to Thursday's show. Uh, we'll we'll get to Big Walt. Don't worry. I didn't realize he was so busy. Hey, Marty, 2020, I'm a busy guy, okay? So we do our best here to be flexible, and with that, we'll keep it to a hockey theme, and you may have missed this, but our visit with Doug Armstrong, and it does include some of those questions fans bring up, well, really the last few years. Why didn't Petrangelo stay? How close were you to get getting Matthew Kachuk, Big Walt's son, uh, so we'll have Doug Armstrong pinch hitting. Don't tell him he's pinch hitting for Big Wall. He may not want to hear that. Here it is, the Blues, president of hockey operations. Uh, and your team's playing great, Doug. They've won a couple in a row, thrilling fashion. It does seem this team, when when the competition's up here, they tend to kind of rise up, it seems. Yeah, they've played very well, obviously, uh, the last few games. Tight checking. It's nice to, to know we can play that style of hockey. I like these games when they're 30 shots or less against. And... Uh, uh, we're competitive and we're, we're playing well right now. How about the homestand too? You're going to see the Panthers. You're going to see the Bruins, the Rain, some of the top teams right now. And based on recent trends, that means your team will probably rise <laughs> up and play. Do you like seeing your team go against top competition? Uh, you do. You like to see where you stand in the league and uh, gives you an idea where your younger and older players are at in their careers at, at any given time. So this will be a really good homestand, great competition coming in here. And uh, I like the way we're playing. I'd like to see if we can sustain that. When the NHL <clears throat> fires a coach, the team always plays better. It's it's unbelievable how I mean we saw it in Minnesota and Edmonton. Drew Bannister is now seven and three since taking over. What do you think that's about? Because it's not just here; it seems to be everywhere. Yeah, I just think everyone gets focused again. They get the laser focus, quite honestly, and it's it's unfortunate that I, maybe it is human nature in our industry, at least, where you people are waiting for a big trade or <clears throat> a coaching change or something drastic to happen and you try and warn them that something drastic is going to happen and then when it does it usually everyone focuses back in and you see good good play what did you know about drew banister obviously he'd been with the organization we didn't know much about him and, and how closely do you watch how he's handling this team because you've got a decision to make at some point about who the next head coach is well, we obviously watched him in junior hockey in Canada when we gave him the job in the American Hockey League, and he's done a very good job at that level. Came in, took us to the, uh, the championship round in the American Hockey League, and uh, we've seen progression of our younger players. Uh, I, I like our teams play competitive hockey at that level, uh, very good detail in, in their system game, and uh, I thought it was a good opportunity for him to, to come in here as, as we get through the rest of this season and, and chart our future, give him the first opportunity. I think it, you'd love to have homegrown talent at all levels uh, succeed, and he gets the first crack at it right now, and he's doing a heck of a job. When you fired Craig Berube, people were mad. It was a wild and popular move. How aware, I mean, people are saying, well, Armstrong needs to go. How aware of that are you when you make that decision? Uh, well, or even you, after the fact, are you aware? Yeah, you, you know, you, you're aware of it, and, and you're, you're, you hope it is like that, quite honestly. Craig did a great job here for us and is a great coach. And you, you want your, your, your fans passionate about your coaches and players. You know, management, uh, uh, you know, our job is to, to take those arrows and, and protect the players, protect the coaches as much as possible. Obviously, they're the center point, but it, it goes with the turf. You have to make hard decisions. And, uh, um, you know, whether it was Ken Hitchcock or Craig Bruby, they go on and, and uh, Ken went on to coach and, and was a great coach after us. And Craig will go on to be a very good coach. But sometimes change is just necessary. And... Uh, you, you take the arrows when they come at you. You're known for being, I won't say, you know, cold-hearted, but you make tough decisions. Even still, when you walk in that room and you know you have to fire Craig Bruby, how hard is that? And 
can you sleep the night before and are you stewing that whole game? How tough is that? Even though I know you're a tough guy, yeah. that's got to be hard. Well, I, I, you know, it's a, you, you strike a friendship up with these guys. Craig and I worked together since uh, 2016. Uh, he was out of work in Philly and I was uh, helping Team Canada at the World Cup and he scouted for us. Then he came in to work in our American League team and then came up here as an associate coach and then took over as a head coach. And we obviously had success uh, pretty well his whole time here, whether it was the championship year or every year after that up until last year. Uh, and you gain a friendship. And uh, But, you know, Craig, Craig played for a long time on a lot of different teams and we've both been around the NHL since the 90s. And we understand that, that change happens and uh, you, you never like to do it, uh, but we've talked since then. And... Uh, it's always easier for the person not having to change addresses to say well, there's, there's no emotional uh, attachment or tie to it. But uh, I think Craig and I's relationship will, will last long past our time with St. Louis. And should this group now that we're watching be a playoff team? I mean, and this was kind of when you make that decision, you say, hey, listen, this team is better than it's showing. And now we're starting to see that. Do you expect them? Is that your expectation at this point? I think when we started the year, we thought we'd be competing for that, uh, that wild card spot. And we're in there right now. Um, if you look at it today, and I was going through it today with some, some of our staff, that it looks like seven spots are pretty well spoken for now. Uh, Edmonton has risen up now. They're a good team. Looks like they're going to get either one of the top three or a wild card spot. Vancouver was the one team I don't think anyone had slotted to be as good as they are. Uh, and then Winnipeg was a team that we thought might be in our situation. They had uh, uh, two top players that were going to be free agents, and uh, the word on the street was that they were going to move those guys. They ended up signing them, and uh, they've led them to a really good season. So you, you have seven teams that pretty well look slotted in, so now we have to fight those other teams out eight spot, and uh, we're in a good spot, and, and our play is going to dictate where we finish. All right, let's talk about the World Juniors. <clears throat> Blues had seven prospects over there. It seemed nightly we would find out, you know, there's Stancil with a big goal, Snuggerud with a goal, Stenberg played well. Um, give us an idea how bright the future is with the group that you saw play. Well, having seven there was a lot for this organization and quite honestly for any organization. And uh, they all played well. They all not only uh, played a 200-foot game, but they, they all chipped in offensively too. And uh, we certainly led the tournament in, in uh, goals, assists, and total points for any, any organization, which is, which is promising. I think having five players from last year's draft is very exciting because all five players could go back next year. And then you add in a couple other players that will likely be or potentially be on their team next year from – last year's draft and this year's draft, we could have seven to nine guys next year too, potentially. So uh, this is part of the process of trying to retool uh, on the fly and uh, you can't expedite their, their growth, but it's nice to see against their peer group that they're top players. And whether it's a year, two or three from now, we, we do see a future here when these guys can come in and help us get back to where we were. And it's a lot like what the Blues went through prior to what, when I got here was uh, Larry... Larry Plow and John Davidson went through some tough, tough years getting, acquiring young players, and we're doing that now. And then at some point, you know, all these young players aren't going to play here, but you're going to have enough assets that you can make trades, acquire players, and build a team. But right now, what we're doing is getting as many assets as we can. Uh, this year, we have another five uh, picks in the first three rounds, which is a lot. Uh, since 2000, we've had seven first-round picks, which is most in the league. And so... It might not seem as if you come to the arena every night that there's a plan, but there is a plan here, and uh, and it, it's taking shape nicely. And I think you were pretty honest going into this year. Hey, we might contend to be third place. We might get into the playoffs. Moving forward, then next year or the year after that, is the goal different? Is it hey, we should because fans don't want to hear that every year. Hey, we're gonna if we're lucky, we finish third. When does that sort of goal move? 
Well, you know, if you look at the actuary tables, these first-round picks and, and, and players usually take two to three, maybe three to four years for second and third-round picks. And if we're near one of that, you, you can see it going out a little ways with that group. But the Snuggerud, which was a couple of years ago, he's going to have a chance to make our team next year if he decides to leave college. Paul Duke and Dean are 20 now in the American League. They're going to have a chance to play games next year. So I, I don't think what, Mark, you're not going to see nine guys all in one year. You're going to see three or four one year, three or four the next year. Then all of a sudden you have nine new faces together at some point. All right. Because you're here, this is a rare opportunity. When people talk about Doug Armstrong, you won the cup, you got Shen in a trade, you got O'Reilly in a trade. There's a lot of great things. But then I would say playing the hits, people will say, well, what happened with this guy, this guy? So I'll let you... Yep. Uh, address it. Petro didn't end up with the Blues. He wanted to go to Vegas. He wanted more money. What, what do you think ultimately for folks who are always bringing that one up? Yeah, it just, you know, we, he was the first person we went to once uh, July 1st and told him we wanted to get, him a, to get him signed. And for whatever reason, it didn't work out for both sides. And uh, he left. I, I mean, I, I, it's not like we didn't talk for, for a full year going into it. Uh, and people made decisions. And uh, again, you know, I, un I understand, but you, you, at some point you have to move forward. You can't right. keep looking back every day and say what happened four or five years ago. Uh, he's not here, and we move forward. And Matthew Kachuk was another name. I think Calgary wanted NHL-ready players. Wasn't that sort of what it came down to ultimately? The, again, I'm playing the hits here with you. That always yeah, come up. Yeah, again, I don't think people know really what happened. We offered uh, – uh, we had to move contracts. We offered – equivalent of four first round picks along with players too so we made a nice offer uh at the end of the day what they were looking for were were proven players you look at the players they got one player had 115 points the year before in the nhl we didn't have that type of player to offer them and uh I, again be, because it works out for one team or one fan base likes that it doesn't mean the other organization or team sees it that way and uh uh you know we we swing and sometimes you 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 connect and sometimes you don't and how about the contracts for Thomas and Cairo and the timing there, did it have to be done then? Uh, well, it had to be done within a year, and then you, you look at if you don't do it, uh, then they're two years away from unrestricted free agency. They have the right to go at arbitration, and then they're one year away, and, you know, you never know what happens. So uh, what you see a lot of teams doing right now, Martin, is, is giving these contracts after three. We did it after five, so it was there's a little less uh, rubbing the crystal ball with, with these players, and now you look at how they played. Uh, you know, Kairou last year had a, had, a, had a whack of goals this year. Robert Thomas is an all-star. Kairou has been an all-star. So, uh, again, I think you have to take a longer-term approach, and we're excited to have both these guys under contract. And as part of your approach where you retool on the fly, because your fan base, you can't go to the Blues fans and say, okay, we're going to be terrible for a couple of years. Like, they, they fill that building. So you're kind of in that spot where you can't go backwards, right? You kind of have to... Well, you, you, retool on the fly, as you call it, because I think your fans wouldn't accept it if you went the other way. Well, I meant, as I said, when I got here, they, they did the traditional right. rebuild, and uh, they were playing in front of 6,000 people a night. Like, right. that's just the reality of it. And, uh, um, you know, I have a first overall pick, a fourth overall pick. Uh, you know, those are, those are great to have, but they're hard to earn. Right. And uh, we're, we're trying to do it a different way right now. And moving forward, we got Robert Thomas, as you mentioned, an all-star. What's left for him? What's that next ceiling? He seems like he's added scoring more so, looking to score more. Uh, can he just can he get better? Yeah, I think he can. He's just entering the prime of his career right now. And uh, what what I've talked to him about, and what we've talked to him about, is is not just being a number one center, but the Olympics are coming up. There's things that he can. There's major awards. I think he can win major awards. And we're not trying to put too much pressure on him. But I just 
I'm, I respect Robert so much that I think he can do those things. And uh, I, I don't say that if I don't think he could accomplish that. So I, I see potential major awards on his horizon. I, I see representing his country in major events on, on the horizon. And to do that, you just have to get uh, better and better every year. And uh, he's, he's our... He's definitely our, our, our best 200-foot uh, player right now, and he's still young. So having him knowing he's going to do that for the next eight years in St. Louis is pretty exciting. All right, final thought. Are you more excited now than you were a month ago about this team and what's possible moving in towards April? Uh, yeah, I, I think organizationally we're excited uh, from the World Juniors to how we're playing now. Uh, you know, again, there's there's something there's things that we know behind the scenes that we're working towards and uh, we're excited about it. We have we have we've kept our picks, we've kept our prospects. We have a future coming here. Uh, we're competitive on a nightly basis. We're we're beating and playing good teams now, and uh, we're not where we were from 2000 and we'll say 12 to to 19. Uh, but we're in a good spot. Again, if you're flipping around the dial, you're like, wait, that doesn't sound like Keith Kachuk. And we had to bump Big Walt. Appreciate the Doug Armstrong time that we had recently talking about a number of topics, all blues related. And Doug Armstrong just came back from being in Sweden. He could use a good travel agent. He could call Altair Travel for all those travel needs, whether it's business or pleasure, domestic or international. Altair Travel for more than 40 years now, one of the largest agencies in this region they have a huge team over there and i like to tell folks hey if you want to go to the pyramids in egypt somebody on their staff has probably been there you want to go to the british open you want to go down to mexico you want to go to see the great wall in china somebody on their staff has been there tap into their expertise at all terror travel and cruises all travel.com is where you can find them online or set up an appointment in person tell them you want to stop by and see them at the brentwood location right next to ob clark's they've been there for years Beautiful meeting space called The Living Room. So whether it's a beach vacation, honeymoon, family trip, again, business travel, maybe business incentives, they can handle all of that for all your travel needs. Don't get online and try and guess and say, boy, it looks so much better when I saw it on my keyboard. Then you get there thousands of miles from home and you're disappointed. Don't do that. Check in with the folks at AltairTravel.com. And we're talking soccer here on the Kilcoin Conversation. Joining us, Patrick Schulte from the Columbus Crew, who just won an MLS Cup, one of the youngest goalies to ever do it. He's on the line with us. And, Patrick, welcome to the show. And when I say that, MLS champion, you've had a little bit of time now. Has that set in? Yeah, no, first off, thanks for having me. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's started to set in. But it's kind of crazy, you know, just making it going that far and um, – you know, having success and winning the championship uh, makes for a short off season. So, you know, it's, we're, we're right back up into it. And so it's it's kind of now in the past. And, you know, some I'll always have forever. But, you know, it's now I'm focused on to the next season. You know, it's crazy a team wins the World Series or the Stanley Cup, and they have all these months to kind of parade around and take a victory lap. And the MLS is like, well, we're back to training. You guys are down in Orlando, the Columbus crew, already back at it. it, it it's not much of an off season, is it? No, not at all. I mean, I had I had three and a half weeks, I think, and it was crazy. You know, I stayed for the parade and um, had had some fun up in Columbus. And I come home and you know it's right into the holidays. And I, I looked at my uh, look at looked at the date and I was like, well, I got to be back in like twelve days. I gotta I gotta get back into shape. Got to stop partying. Got to <laughs> you know kind of got to re rewire my brain and rewire my body and kind of get ready for the next season. 
And I guess part of that's if you make a deep playoff run like you guys did. But let's let's talk about that, the championship run. You guys had a good team all year, high-scoring team. How about that opportunity for you to be the goalie on a really good team? What was the season and that playoff run like for you? Uh, it was it was crazy. Um, you know, it was, it was super enjoyable. Um, it was, you know, it was something truly special. Um, you know, just, just the team we had and the quality of players and, um, you know, everything – everything that we, you know, worked for all year long just to, you know, come out and, you know, win a trophy in the end was something you, you always dream of. But, you know, it was just the group of guys we had and, you know, the coaching staff was something special. And, you know, that's why, like, in the off season, I was super excited just to kind of get back to work with all of them. How about in Columbus? I know you guys are extremely popular. There you are, smack dab in the middle of Ohio State. It's, do you get absorbed a little bit in the Buckeye Nation? Can you help? Can you avoid it even up there? Yeah, you know, I I try and uh, pick and choose um, what I want. Obviously, you know, sports that SLU has, um, I'm a diehard there. And, you know, I'm a Zoo football fan, so uh, it's, it's going to be funny when I uh, get back to Columbus and I wear my Mizzou jersey in <laughs> for the first day. Um, but, no, I definitely, you know, enjoy going to the Ohio State games and um, definitely have embraced them as my second team for sure. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you'll be able to get some. Even though you went to SLU, can support Mizzou football, and they did happen to beat Ohio State head-to-head. Patrick Schulte on the line with us, MLS Cup champion with the Columbus crew. Let's go back just two years ago. You're playing at St. Louis U. That team made a great run. Was that the season that ended in the rain that was kind of a nasty? Did you guys get to the Elite Eight? Yeah, made it to the lead eight, um, and then yeah, lost up in Washington. Um, yeah, it was a very unfortunate weather; wasn't great and everything. But you know, it it is what it is, and you know, I wish wish that team you know could have made it to the final four because I th- we had a, we had something truly special going there. But you know, everything happens for a reason. So trying to kind of try and put it behind me and just learn from every everything that you know happened there in your soccer travels how big a brand is st louis u when people talk about SLU soccer we know how far back it goes in all the national championships but do you think around the country are people aware yeah i think so you know all, all the guys that i talk to and you know when we talk soccer where we came from um they all know about st louis and you know the rich history that you know SLU SLU has in itself but not only just not only just the university, but the city itself. Um, so it's it's cool to see when you or and talk about when you go to you know these places and you talk to these different people that that know where I'm coming from and um, the success that that came out of there. All right, you came out a year before City came along with their team. Did you ever think about, man? I wonder if I'd play or get drafted by that. Now, it didn't time out. I know that, but by the time you were playing at St. Louis U, you knew that City was coming along. Um, what was your excitement level just for St. Louis to have a team? Yeah, I think I think that was the big thing for me. Um, obviously, I would, I would have loved to play for them. You know, it's it's, it's my it's my city. It's it's where I was born and raised. So it would have been cool. But um, I think just for the most part, it was really just the excitement of for the city itself. And um, after losing the Rams and getting so getting another sports team and you know seeing all all my friends who aren't big soccer people just excited for the team to come in and, um, you know, the, the diehard soccer fans that, you know, we have a lot of in St. Louis, uh, for them to have a team that they can support in their own backyard was, was something super cool. Um, and yeah, it was, it's, it's just something, you know, I never thought I would, you know, be able to say that there's a MOS team in, in St. Louis, Missouri. 
And remind me, last year, did you play against him up here, down the uh, up there, down here? Did you did you face City yourself? Yeah, we played them in uh, it's called League's Cup, which is a midseason tournament between MLS and Liga MX, the Mexico League. Um, so we played them up in Columbus, um, and it was it was an interesting game. It was like five hour rain delay and stuff. That's so right. uh, it was uh, it, the game kicked off at like midnight. But um, it was we, we came away with the win. Columbus did, so uh, I, I can't complain. And I, obviously, your Columbus crew all the way. Any part of you like hope that they do well as long as it's not at your expense? Oh, definitely. You know, obviously, I want to see them do well. I want you know the city to continue to buzz like they have been, and um, you know, I want I want all the best for St. Louis. You know, it's they hold a special place in my heart. But obviously, you know, seeing them do well, but us winning it all made it just so much better what's the rowdiest nastiest environment where you go into and i know you're still new to the league yourself but where have you been where you're like wow this is pretty in- intense oh it's that's tough i mean i think everyone has their own i think orlando um their fans are you know they're ruthless up in same up in philly um cincinnati's is it's really cool but i also think that's you know a rivalry game as well so um it, it adds a little bit extra flair um, I've heard LA and is LAFC is just as crazy. Um, obviously, St. Louis. I, I see the videos and <clears throat> hear from you know all my friends and family that have been to games how crazy it gets. So those are two places I haven't been that I'd I'd want to go. Obviously, um, just to experience experience the stadium and, and the fans and the culture that you know they have around uh, around the team. But. For me, I, I think it's Orlando and Cincinnati for sure. And when you were a young kid growing up, were you thinking MLS or was it playing for the U.S. team? I know you've had some experiences there. What, what was your goal and, and how young of age were you thinking about that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's funny. I, I've always said I wanted to be a professional athlete since I was like three years old, but didn't really know what sport. I just wanted to be one. Um, so it was always a dream of mine, but yeah, I think, you know, obviously you want to represent the national team at, at the highest stage because, you know, that's representing your country. Um, but for me, it was it was just whatever level I could make it at. Um, so obviously watching MLS growing up, and that, that was the highest stage in, in the U.S., is the highest stage in the U.S. So, yeah, that was obviously a dream, but, you know, it's also a dream to, you know, go over to Europe and, you know, play in, in the top leagues in the world um, as well. So, you know, I, I didn't really have, like, one set league that I, you know, I wanted to make it. I just wanted to, you know, be a come become a professional athlete and, you know, represent my country whenever I can. Patrick Schulte, our guest, goalkeeper for the Columbus Crew. They won the MLS Cup. The young man is 22 years old and already he's got a little hardware on the shelves. Played basketball at Francis Hall as well as soccer. Would that have been the great Kurt Jacob as your coach? Yes, I was the great Kurt Jacobs. <laughs> I put that in case he's listening. But what kind of ball player were you basketball wise? I know you guys had a pretty good team. Yeah, it was more of like a, a point forward. I, I'd say uh, you know I handled the ball when I needed to. Um, my big thing was I loved like just kind of facilitating, you know, getting getting to my teammates the ball. But I could I could score it a little bit when I needed to. And St. Louis FC on the resume as well. A lot of St. Louis soccer. So did you? play when you were two three years old how young yeah i think it was two or two or three when i when i started and look at him now playing in the mls as a champion i know you got to get back to training so patrick schulte hey thanks so much for hopping on i should look at the schedule now will city and columbus have you looked at this year's schedule are you guys meeting here or there 
Sadly, no. Not again this oh, year. Oh, man. Yeah. Let's let's get Don Garber on the phone. This is an injustice <laughs> that needs to be fixed immediately. It's yeah. amazing how many no. – you got so many St. Louis people around, Noonan coaching in Cincinnati, and I know for a long time Chris Klein out in L.A. is an executive and just going – Will Bruin. I mean, it's kind of cool going around the league just seeing all the St. Louis influences. No, it definitely is. And, you know, it's, it's good um, for myself because, you know, there's always someone from St. Louis on every team and just a connection that, that we always have between each other. Well, thanks so much for your time. Best of luck this season. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate Patrick Schulte hopping on the program here. St. Louis loves their own, and, boy, St. Louis loves soccer, so we salute the MLS champion. Also want to tell you about Illinois Recovery Center. They're located in Swansea, Illinois. That's not far at all from downtown St. Louis, and it's an important place to know about because addiction right now is everywhere, whether it's somebody you work with, your neighbor, your loved one, your kids. There's help, and it's Illinois Recovery Center. Dealing with the addiction, that's really the key to the process, getting to the root of the addiction. They do that through their evidence-based programs, group therapy, individual therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. It's a professional staff. Many of them with their own story of recovery can help you or your loved one get their life back, chance to embrace sobriety. It's a beautiful campus. They went in, gutted all the buildings there. Everything is brand new. It's a great place to get your head on straight. So whether you're dealing with alcohol or drug addiction, Illinois Recovery Center has the right program. Residential and outpatient, safe, inclusive environment, getting you peace of mind. Set up an appointment or just read more about their story, how it all began. Go online to IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. There's help, there's hope, and it's right there in Swansea, Illinois at Illinois Recovery Center. And winding it down on this Wednesday. There's a segue we can get sponsored. How about that? Winding it down on this Wednesday. At least I'm winding it down. End of the 6 o'clock hour. Brendan Weesey alongside sports director at KTRS Radio. And we have not been on, you and I, since the end of last week. And it's crazy. Almost a full week. Yeah. How much has happened in the sports world with, you know, when we talked about Saban and then Belichick and then all of a sudden – Alabama's got a new coach, and teams have played. Mizzou's played a handful of games, and it's been a, a wild ride, I would say, in the sports world. Entertaining, tons to talk about. I mentioned at the outset that you don't really follow the NFL, so I need to clarify. It's not like you don't know who the New York Giants, you know, what what division they're in. Of course, right. you're very aware, but you don't religiously watch or follow closely. I don't watch it like I used to. I mean, it, it used to. I mean, I used to love the NFL, and and to. You know, I, I I try to keep sharp and do some sports trivia every day. Um, and one of the questions that you get an NFL question every day from this game, and they'll ask questions from the '90s and 2000s. Boom! I'm just like, who's the third leading receiver on the '97 49ers? JJ Stokes. Boom! Wow. UCLA. Um, <laughs> ask me. I, I saw a question today. 2020. Who did the Chiefs lead by three touchdowns in the AFC divisional round before blowing the lead, or before coming back and beating this team? I had no idea. It was the Houston Texans, and I thought, okay, yeah, Deshaun right. Watson makes sense. I guessed like the Baltimore Ravens. NFL from like 15, 20 years ago nails. NFL from recent, I, I've just I have lost interest. But do just you the reality. watch? Do you watch the playoffs? Are you interested in the games? I watched the Chiefs on Saturday. I watched. Um, by the time I tried to watch the Packers Cowboys on Sunday, that game was a blowout. So of course I watched the golf from uh, oh, from Hawaii. Is. Locked um, on the golf, yeah, or yeah. the Weather Channel, <laughs> or, or the weather. I could have turned on the How Weather Channel. How about Packers Niners? What does that do for you on Saturday night? 
going to be interesting. I think. Will you I watch? Mean, probably a little it's bit. On Fox too. I'm big. I'm, go- I'm going. <laughs> I'm going door to door to remind people. No, I think we'll be fine. I think you, that'll you should, get some yeah. numbers. No, no kidding. Oh, by the way, you love the ratings numbers, yeah. right? And yeah. the ratings are huge. Yeah. The, the other day it was. Uh, they don't miss me. Well, it was. Um, the Packers Cowboys game blew everything away, and I was looking. It was uh, what Bills. No, th- I compared it to Detroit Rams, the Sunday night game, which is always a monster on yeah. NBC. The afternoon game, Packers Cowboys, two marquee brands. Right. Actually, they both did monster numbers. So about two hundred eighty thousand people were watching in this region, Packers and Cowboys. It was in the low two hundreds for Detroit and the Rams, and maybe some of that is, hey, I hate the Rams. I'm not going to watch them. But yeah. anyway, it's still a monster. The games this weekend will be huge. Do we think it's scripted? I mean, Mahomes going to Buffalo. There's no way to pull it up. I'm kidding, of course. Right, right. But it does Do we of... think the officials might nudge a game in one direction or another to get a team through? I wouldn't rule that out. Yeah. I wouldn't rule them out getting a call. Now, of course, we joke around. Oh, they're getting – oh, they've got their earpiece in. They're getting, they're getting a call from the NBC execs right now. Make, sh- make sure to <laughs> – Make sure to push the Chiefs through. Uh, no, nothing like that happens. But I mean, I'm sure they're well aware of of what you know, which team is which, and the drawing power of said team. And and yeah, maybe they make a call one way or the other to uh, to swing a possible scenario one way. It's my fault for having ESPN on in the morning, oh, no. and it was I don't know if it was Monday or Tuesday, and I looked up and it said. Who should replace Mike McCarthy? And I thought, oh, they did it. They fired him. So then I'm on my phone. I'm like, wait a minute. He didn't get fired. They were going through all these scenarios who the next coach should be. And I said, are they going to point out McCarthy still hasn't been fired? And the (laughs) Belichick, Jerry Jones idea, which to me is a terrible idea because Belichick will be so annoyed with Jerry and her personality that I can't wait for it to happen. That it, I think Belichick knows better than to go there and put up with that. But wouldn't you love it? You go from the press conference where Belichick, um, we'll see, that's a uh, internal decision, and then in the hallway, we've decided we're going to start a different linebacker. And like Coach just said, we're not telling you crap. You go in the hallway and the loudmouth owner is letting out all the secrets. I think – Depending on where he winds up, with I mean, because Belichick still wants to coach. He's as old as say Nick Saban is, right? And yeah. Belichick wants to keep going. I think this might give give some sort of validation as to what happened all of these years with the Belichick Brady combo. And since Brady uh, split town, it, it was a uh, it was a different story. If Belichick goes somewhere else and does not have success, doesn't it confirm some of our suspicions that it was all about Brady? And and maybe not throughout the entirety of that dynasty. Belichick deserves a ton of the credit, but I believe the NFL game has changed dramatically since Belichick, since his teams were defense-oriented with Brady just making enough throws to get by. Eventually it got to a point where it was Brady's team, and that, that's all there was to it. I don't know if Belichick can do it another time around. I I don't I don't think he's going to have that same success. I don't think he's going to have anywhere close to that success. It is amazing that old school coach Jeff Fisher was that way. John Fox and yeah. they would and they would tell their teams, "Let's just get it to the fourth quarter. We want to be close." <laughs> and they were hoping it's ten to seven going into the fourth quarter or thirteen to ten, and then and Score Ricky on defense. We'll get a big play in the special teams in the fourth quarter. <laughs> 
And now you look at all these coaches that are really young. Many of them have, you know, backgrounds with offense, and it's it's all about offense. None of it is like, yeah, let's shut them down and <laughs> three yards in a cloud of dust. So Belichick, I'm not saying he's that old school. I bet he's motivated by that narrative. He knows what people are saying. Yeah. And maybe becoming the all-time winningest coach in the NFL matters to him. I, I wouldn't go to Dallas if I were him, but I hope he does just for the drama because you don't have a – you couldn't have a – Worse owner in terms of what Belichick likes, which is controlling the message, <laughs> not giving any leaks yeah. or saying anything interesting. So I do hope that happens. I mentioned at the outset, Mizzou, this year being a transition year basketball-wise, I think that's a reasonable term. But then next year I said, are they for sure going to be good? The recruits are all highly ranked. It's unbelievable. It's a great recruiting class. Does that equal immediate success? I, I mean, there's no guarantee because the young players Mizzou, the freshman Mizzou has now, they don't play all that many minutes. So that all remains to be seen. Your point is very valid. But in the world of college basketball, the team Mizzou lost to last night, Martin, Alabama, that's, they have a completely new starting five. Their starting five, uh, I think, either graduated, transferred out, or wound up going to the NBA across the board. So they had five new starters, and they've got maybe the best offense in the country. I think they've won five or six in a row now. From a Mizzou perspective... I do think it's important to mention two guys that right now aren't playing that were projected starters. John Tanji, foot injury, he's now done for the year, was announced yesterday by the team. And then Caleb Grill, who uh, suffered an arm injury back in December and hasn't played since the Wichita State game. Go back and look at Mizzou's biggest wins of the year. And they're not that big, but at Minnesota, at Pitt, home against Wichita. Grill had his best game against Wichita before he got hurt and, and has missed all this time. Mizzou's played some tight games. These two home losses they had to Georgia and South Carolina, I'm not saying they win it with Grill and Tanji, but if you had the players you thought you were getting, especially in Tanji's case, he was actually hurt in the summer and has been compromised ever since. If those two guys are healthy and playing, I think it's fair to wonder where Mizzou is at right now because they play their butts off. They play hard. But they run out of gas late in games, especially on the road, and they just haven't had quite enough at home. They hit these scoring droughts. And I think with those two guys, maybe we're talking about at least a bubble team right now. They're not that. They've really struggled. And one final point, if you look at all the teams I've lost to in this stretch, they're all either tournament teams right now or, at worst, bubble tournament teams right now. So they're not losing to Minnesota's cupcakes. better than I thought. They've come along, too. They, That's they are. That's, one. It's a better-looking win, no doubt about it. All right, Brendan, what's coming up tonight? Uh, well, we'll talk more Tigers with uh, head coach Dennis Gates coming up next hour. Tiger Talk, Ben Fred with me in the 8 o'clock hour here on the Big 550. Are we required now to say the award-winning Ben Fred whenever he's no on? No question, no question. Award-winning sports writer Ben Fredrickson. Sports writer of the year in Missouri announced in recent days. Hey, don't forget the pitch will be busy real soon. It's always busy, but more so when City SC is playing. It is the premier soccer hangout for downtown St. Louis, really for anywhere in the region. If you love soccer, you need to know about the pitch. Folks have figured it out watching the Premier League, the Champions League, Bundesliga. It's the place to hang out, and it's directly across from City Park. Such a cool spot created by Bob and Steve O'Loughlin. The latest creation from them, of course, they're redoing Westport Plaza, redid Union Station, added the aquarium and the Ferris wheel. These guys know how to 
put together a cool spot, and they've done it with the pitch, athletic club, and tavern. Great food, great layout, place to hang out. If you're going to a city game, going to a blues game this weekend, stop by the pitch right down the street from Enterprise Center. Hopefully you've seen it. Hopefully you've been there on the west end of Union Station. If you have not checked it out, you can also get a sneak peek online at thepitch-stl.com.